guys can sit down. Thanks so much for being here today. There's all sorts of stuff up here. Well, welcome. Uh, my name is Sean O'Rourke. Uh, I'm our senior associate pastor here. Just a title that just means you're just here on staff. You do lots of really amazing things with our team. Uh, but uh, I, I just want to welcome you guys. I know they're going to get my sound kind of in check here. Um, I want to welcome you guys. Uh, for those of you, how many of you have been coming to Zion for maybe just two to three months? Maybe that you're kind of newer to this environment. Raise your hand real, real high in the air right now. Awesome. I see you guys. How many of you have been coming to Zion for less than 18 months? Raise your hand in the air real, like real, real high. We're going to go around and take some fingerprints. No. Uh, awesome. So glad you guys are here. And how many of you have been coming to this church for more than uh, three years? Awesome. How many of you guys have been coming to this environment to call church home for more than five years? All right, now 10, 15. Awesome. I see Cheryl, Miss Judy, the hands. Awesome. Myers. Myers was like the founding pastor, basically, of the church now, him and his clan. Well, welcome, you guys. Uh, I am really excited about what we're going to be talking about this morning. Um, I don't know about you, though. We, 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 I mean, we could close in prayer right now. I mean, really, like worship and communion. Anyone else encountering Jesus all morning long already? Like, I, I'm excited to share, but, you know, the goal here isn't just to do another thing. The goal here is now, let's press into the word for a little bit. Let, let's just transition our hearts, because I am full, I am filled, and I'm good to go. Like, I'm good after the service already. You know what I mean? But we have an opportunity now to just kind of position our hearts to receive from the Lord, to receive something in his word. And so sometimes for us, that might feel like, oh, like the real fun revival fire part is over. It's like, no, no, no. This is where we actually have an opportunity to take hold of something that's going to change our lives. Does that make sense? And, and it's about God's word. All right. So um, I've been uh, doing a few things that I've been praying over. And before we get going, I just want to pray over our nation. Uh, I want to pray over our country. Uh, I want to pray over the upcoming election specifically. How many of you know we need to have God move in power? We need to have God move and put his person of, of, that he has anointed for this hour in that position. This isn't a political rally. I want to be really clear about that. This is about us fostering in the word of the Lord for a righteous leader to be in place. Does that make sense? That we have to partner with God. Sometimes as believers, we kind of just think God's going to do it. And we're just going to kind of sit back. And we actually have to step into that space and into that place to partner with him in order to see God's righteous leader, whoever that is, to be put in a place of influence. Does that make sense? Yeah. Have I lost some of you? Some of you are, okay. So let's just do this. Why don't we just stand up right now? Are, are we good with this mic? I can't hear myself. Are we good? Okay. So why don't we guys stand up right now? And I want us to just partner with an expectation that as we begin to open our mouths right now, God's going to begin to lead us in how to pray. How many of you want, how many of you know that this is a nation that's a covenant nation with God? That this nation was founded on biblical principle. This nation was founded and offered to the Lord to make something out of it. You know, if you, if you go to the White House, how many of you ever visited, if you ever go to the White House and you walk around, there's all these like ornate, it's an old building, and there's all these like really ornate features of the building, design features, and these fireplaces, and there is scripture literally etched all over it. 
I mean, if you go in and actually see it, it might be, you know, maybe a King James Version, but, like, you know, there's scripture etched all over the White House. So let's just begin to pray right now, just for a moment, that the word of the Lord would strike the White House afresh. That, that his man or woman of, of, of influence is going gonna, is gonna to fill the White House, meaning the staff, meaning the, the, the president, meaning the, the people that, that, that the president is going to put in places of influence. This makes sense? So right now, let's just, Holy Spirit, we just partner with you, and we just remind God ourselves, we remind everything that can hear our words right now in heavenly places, that this is a nation that has been founded on biblical truth. This is a nation that has been founded to be in covenant with you, God. And we we just say, Lord, let every obstacle, God, be broken, that your, that your leaders, Lord, would come and fill every place of influence over our nation, God. Lord, we thank you for righteous leaders, God, with the anointing, with the calling of the Lord on their lives. And we just say, let the righteous leaders, both in the in Senate, in the White House, in Congress, go to their places of influence in Jesus' name. And we just cancel every assignment to stop it in Jesus' name. We just come against every obstacle that would lead to a distraction of that candidate coming into their fulfillment. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have called us to be a nation under God. Lord, we thank you right now that this nation is yours, that, that, that America belongs to you, Jesus. And we just thank you, Lord, that in these coming uh, weeks and, and, and months, God, that you're going to put the right people in the right place. So we just partner with you right now, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, we've had communion, intercession. Guys, I think let's go get our kids. Let's go home, right? You know, I want to talk to you guys real briefly this morning about this tension that we live in. You know, we live in a tension, and and I love this picture, and some of you have heard it before, that how many of you know we live on a tension where we are on the edge of two worlds? That we live in tension on the edge of two worlds. The Bible says that we belong to this world, but we're not of it. It says that we have a citizenship in another place, but our feet are physically here. That we constantly live in tension of two worlds, the kingdom of God and the kingdom that we're currently seeing and feeling and tasting with our, with our senses, the, the one that we're actually in, the one that, that, that we're in, and the one that we're called to release. The number one thing Jesus talked about was the kingdom of God. The number one thing Jesus talked about. And how many of you have read the scriptures and you've read how the disciples just didn't get it, right? Like, like they would see something going on and they would turn to Jesus and be like, Lord, should we call down fire and brimstone and lightning and kill everyone here? And Jesus is like rebuking his disciples. How many of you can be encouraged as a parent? Sometimes you have to rebuke your kids. doesn't mean you're a bad parent. This is Jesus, the greatest leader of all time. He has to re- that, that we, live on the, we live on the edge of two worlds, and when we disengage with that reality, we become, we become a slave of the other. When we disengage, we actually live on the edge of two worlds, we become a slave of the one that we're in, instead of a servant, a son of the one that we're called to. Does this make sense? You know, the greatest thing that we can do as followers of Jesus is to pursue the kingdom of God. Now, some of you are like, well, i got to pay my bills, all this stuff. You know, Jesus actually addresses this in Matthew 6. And he says things like, don't worry about what you're going to wear, how, where your money's going to come from. Instead, seek first the kingdom, and everything else will be released to you. Now, what I want to do this morning is actually brush off where familiarity has brought in some fatigue to some of these promises of the Lord. 
How many of you know you don't need to hear a new revelation from the Lord? We need to connect with who he is right now. I'm not going to come with some new lightning bolt from heaven. I actually want to be able to re-engage with the simplicity of Jesus in our lives. You know, there was a group of men and women, totally different conversation, that followed Jesus around, and eventually the ones that he was once rebuking began to change the world. Anybody else give you much hope for that reality? The ones that Jesus was once correcting all the time of like, oh, you don't even know what spirit you're of right now, you know? Like, like to, to, to the ones that are changing the world and, and turning the world upside down. What changed? This isn't, this isn't 30 years of being with Jesus. They were with Jesus for a few years. That in Jesus, we see somebody perfectly filled with the spirit of God for three and a half years. And, and it says in John that there wouldn't be enough uh, uh, space on the planet if everything was written about him. The books they, they would be written, the world couldn't hold them in just three years. And some of these disciples, some of these leaders were with Jesus just a few years. I mean, have you ever thought about this? Are you guys with me? Have you guys ever thought about this? Peter disowned Jesus. And then, like, a few weeks later, gave the greatest sermon maybe in all of the New Testament. Sometimes we read Scripture and we think a lot of time has passed between the Gospels and the book of Acts. And it, there is no time passage. It actually picks up right where Luke leaves off. The book of Acts picks up right where the Gospel of Luke and the Gospels, the Gospels stop. All of a sudden, Acts picks up right where it was. And now we have someone who once was rejecting Jesus. How many of you know, Jesus came to Peter and renamed him. I, I just love that God renames people. I just think it's amazing that he shows up. The first thing he says to Peter is, you're now, I'm going to call you Peter. It means rock. Here's a fisherman who was literally a life at sea. And he said, I'm going to call you a rock. And then what, what happens? Fast forward. Jesus, Peter is like the devout one. He's the, he's the one who's just like running really hard with Jesus. He's like, wherever you go, Lord, we're going to go. You know, like whatever you do, we're going to do. And, Peter, and Jesus says, before the rooster crows, you're going to disown me three times. And sure enough, what happens? The next morning, Jesus, this is where he's going to the cross. This is his, the few days leading up to his resurrection. He's getting uh, persecuted by uh, the Greeks and the Romans and, uh, and the Jewish leaders of the time. Everyone's coming, and this is his time. Jesus, his words, my time has now come. And that is the exact time that Peter disowned him. What happens a few verses later? Are you guys still with me? I know I'm going through a lot of scripture. Just stay with me. We'll go to somewhere today. Is that it says this. It says, after he disowned him, Jesus came back to Peter in resurrected form and had a meal with him. And three times he asked, will you feed my sheep? By the third time, Peter is fairly insulted. He's like, Lord, you know I'm passionate about you. Like, I love you. Why do you keep asking me this? And then he gives him a revelation. Just, just, I know that there's no scriptures above me. I know, just track with me. That Jesus then gives him a revelation of who Peter ultimately is going to become. That one day you're going to go and you're going to die a death that's going to glorify me. See, Jesus didn't give up on who he said Peter was. Regardless of where, where Peter went, the ebbs and flows of, I love you, I don't know him. <laughs> you know, you know. Like, I love you, Jesus, the next day. I don't know who Jesus is. Stop talking to me about him. The ebbs and flows of Peter's own life, the mighty apostle Peter, 
lived on the edge of two worlds, and he learned how to partner with one after he failed in the other. Just, just, just stay with me. Why am, I, why am I saying all this? Because we live on the edge of two worlds, and what changed with these, with these leaders, these men and women? Totally different conversation, but women. What changed between those, the few weeks, what happened? Is the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit changed everything. The Holy Spirit changed everything on the planet. The Holy Spirit began to turn Peter into the rock. The Holy Spirit gave Peter, go read Acts 2 through 3, 4, the greatest messages, maybe all of the New Testament apart from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. All of a sudden, Peter, who once denied him, is speaking boldly. Why? Because Holy Spirit came into his life. How many of you, we need to have not just a, an understanding, a head knowledge of the gospel. We need to have a daily experience with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you guys want to open up your Bibles to John 14, we're, we're going to look at John 14 and 15 and 16 and all that. So just turn to that middle area of John here. And, and I want to read to you something. It says this in John 14 verses 16 to 18. You guys there? It says, I will ask the Father. Now, this is Jesus speaking to disciples. This is Jesus speaking to his close group. John 14, 15, 16, 17 is where Jesus just speaks really plainly to his disciples. Aren't you guys glad when Jesus speaks really plainly to you sometimes? I'm serious. I love it when Jesus just speaks plainly. And, and here's Jesus speaking plainly. He says this, 16 to 18. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, the helper, to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives in you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Skipping down to verse 20. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father. And you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. The first thing I want to talk about with the Holy Spirit is this, that he is available here right now. It's my favorite part about the Holy Spirit is that he's here. He's not waiting for you to get better. Peter didn't have to jump through all these hoops to kind of go to his seminary school of redemption because he denied Jesus. It actually, the Holy Spirit came, and he instantly became who he was destined to be. Holy Spirit is here right now. Holy Spirit is in your life if you want him to be. How many of you know God is not looking to just do stuff? He's looking to partner with us. He's looking to partner with me. You know, I had a friend of mine, uh, his name's Jeff, he's just one of my, he's awesome. And uh, Jeff and I were friends about 15 years ago, we met, we met one another, and we started, you know, being around each other and hanging out, and uh, we didn't really know one another well, we just really liked what we knew of one another, but we didn't really know one another well. You guys have a friendship like that? Maybe some of the people in the room, you know? It's like you can, like, know people, but you don't really know them. Does that make sense? 
And so over the course of time, it was really getting awkward that Jeff and I didn't like know each other better because we liked a lot of the same stuff. We found each other talking about the same stuff. And so finally, we just started to like want to know one another more. And we, you know, we go out to eat or dinner or lunch or we go to a movie and just hang out. And I got to discover some of the most amazing things about him. I found out he, his dad was a carpenter and Jeff is a brilliant designer, a brilliant artist. But I found out his dad was a carpenter I found out that the stuff that Jeff went through, he kind of went through a divorce when he was younger, and it really shaped a lot of who he was to that day. He got saved when he was kind of younger, had an amazing encounter with Jesus. But when I started to spend time with him, I actually got to learn about like, what he was like. And I was, he's the kind of guy that's good at everything. Aren't those people a little annoying unless you love them? You know, it's like he's the kind of guy who is like, he just, he just one day decided I'm going to build a kitchen table. And it was like, it was like something out of Pottery Barn or something. I mean, it was amazing. And he, he woke up and he's like, I'm going to make a couple Adirondack chairs. And he just makes Adirondack chairs. I'm like, you know, he, he was, I found out how, how amazing of a guy that, that, that he was. You know, later I was in his wedding. You know, but the first couple years around one another, we didn't know each other really well. How many of you, you can be around Holy Spirit, but not know him really well? That we can be around things like great church services. But how many of you know the church is not a Sunday morning situation? The Sunday morning, the Sunday morning church is the one that doesn't change the world. It's the Sunday morning, the Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday. It's the body of Christ. Then when we actually can lean in and actually, Holy Spirit, what are you saying today? What are you doing today? We actually get to know him. I'm going to read you another section of scripture. Are you guys okay? Yeah. There's a, a couple of quotes. One is by Charles Spurgeon. He says this. I think we have the quote to put overhead. He says, without the spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are ships without wind. We are useless. Mm, this is so encouraging. <laughs> Let me read you another. Let me read you a quote by Reinhard Bonnke about Holy Spirit. He says, the less Holy Spirit we have, the more cake and coffee we need to keep the church going. <laughs> How many of you guys can relate to that? The less Holy Spirit you have, the more you need people to tell you what to do. The less Holy Spirit we have as a church, the more that we need to come up with things for people to engage with. You guys want one more? One more? Catherine Coleman, you want to hear what she says about Holy Spirit? There it is. The Holy Spirit is not a person or a power that you or I can use. The Holy Spirit must always use the vessel, the surrendered vessel. You know, there's pictures throughout the New Testament of life in the Spirit and life of the flesh, meaning life kind of outside of the influence of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know you can be saved and not walking with the Holy Spirit? You can believe in your heart Jesus is Lord. He can come and fill you, but you're not walking with the Holy Spirit. That it's possible to do that. And all throughout the New Testament, it, there's, there's these pictures that the Apostle Paul particularly paints. One is kind of a life of the flesh, and for our 
talk today, that's, that would be life not moving with the Holy Spirit, not walking with him intimately, and then one that's walking with him. It says this in Galatians 15. I'm just going to read a, a small section of it. Uh, Galatians 5, not 15. It doesn't go up that high. Galatians 5. It says, uh, verse 16 to 18, uh, this is out of the message version. It says, my counsel is this, live freely, animated, motivated by God's spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. For there is a root of sinful interest in us that is at odds with the free spirit, just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. These two ways of life are antithetical, so that you cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of the law-dominated existence? Verse 19 through 21. Are you guys still with me? We're going to read just one more section here. Verse 19 through 21 says this. It says, it is obvious. Now, this is describing the life that's not led by the Spirit. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive. Uh, it's repetitive. It's loveless. It's lustful. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. <laughs> frenzied, joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied once, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, a small-minded, lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled or uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. We're going to redeem this in a moment. How many of you can relate to some of this as we read through this? You know, without the Holy Spirit, we can have great even church services, but they start turning into these kind of, you know, what we would call uh, magic show religion. They hear, come, and we're going to do a show, and, and if you come, you'll stay. And, you know, our lives, we, it, religion can take root the moment we begin to disconnect with the Holy Spirit. And it can happen really fast. This should send a little fear in us, that not, not, not a fear that God doesn't love us, but an expectation that if I turn to the Lord, if I want to walk with Jesus, if I want to walk in the Spirit, that he can actually do something with my life that doesn't look like that. Now here's what it, what it says in Galatians 22. I'm going to read from the Passion Translations, Galatians 5, 22 to 26. Now this is the picture of life in the Spirit. He says this, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. I'm going to say that one again. That was just good. That these are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that, that, you, that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with ourself, life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. On one side, we have living life apart from the Spirit. And on this side, we have limitless measures of the kingdom of God in the Spirit. Now, why does, why does the Apostle Paul constantly paint these two pictures throughout the New Testament? Why? Because we are powerful people. How many of you know you're a powerful person? 
you're not just a victim of, did Jesus show up today for me or not? I just, I'm just not motivated. I just, it's so, it's so hard today. You, know? you are a powerful person. You get to actually choose, do you want to live in the Spirit? Do you want to live with Holy Spirit? Do you want to get to know Him? Do you want to live a life of victory, a life of breakthrough, a life of limitless power, a life of limitless love, a life of limitless peace? Or do you choose to be a victim of circumstances and situations and feelings? I'm just telling you right now, feelings should not trump faith. Feelings come and go. Feelings is not what leads us into the spirit of God. Are you guys still with me? I promise that we're actually going to head somewhere here. It's going to be awesome. But I have to paint this picture of two kingdoms. I have to paint this picture of us as believers. Listen, your best efforts are terrible without the Holy Spirit. That way too often, churches, we do this all the time, where we're going to like do something and then ask God to bless it, rather than let it be birthed out of, out of his presence. You know, your ministries that you guys personally have, anointings that you have, are birthed out of his presence. You see, when Jesus said, it's better for you that I go so the advocate could come, he's saying this, you're going to fulfill everything I've promised through him, not through me being here. That when Jesus was here doing this, when he was setting everything up for the Spirit to be released on everybody, he was, he was going to the cross. Why? So that the Spirit of God could be released on everybody. This picture of two different kingdoms is one, as a powerful person, you can choose. We can choose to walk in the Spirit, or we can choose to kind of go through life. Now, how many of you have, have been maybe plowing in the Spirit? Just, just forgive the, the wording there. I, I would have to unpack that more. But you're, you know, you're, just, you're, you're, you're leaning in. You're, you're just, on a daily basis, leaning into the Lord. And how many of you have found that sometimes you get a little tired or fatigued? Yeah. You know, oftentimes, it's at the 11th hour that we feel the most fatigued. How many of you found that? Even Jesus, it says that he went, he went and prayed on a, on a hillside before the cross, before going to those final days of his life. And it says that he was praying in great distress. Now, his hour had come and even had a conversation with God. Lord, if it's possible, do I need to drink this? And then he was strengthened by angels who physically showed up, strengthened him to, to see it through, to see the greatest breakthrough that the history of the world had ever known come which is all of our sins and sicknesses taken and the Spirit of God being released to undeserving people. I promise I'm going to build you up before we go today, okay? You know, if we can show that picture, we were talking about this earlier at pre-service staff. How many of you found that like the 11th hour is when you most want to give up? That moment that you feel like, I have done everything I can do and I don't know how to go any further is the moment that somebody else is going to come with a fresh vision and get the breakthrough that you actually plowed for. That when we're, when we're walking with the Spirit, when He can actually endue us with peace to finish the task, to finish the journey. And I feel like there are some of us here that we really need to just to, to get stirred up a little bit about that calling and promise on your life. 
It's not to stir yourself up. It's to, to recall, to remember, to prophesy over yourself what it is that God has spoken to you, to be a part of, to do, to move forward in, and to not lose heart. Finally, this, is I want to I share this. You guys okay? You know, one of the amazing things, I'm just going to read this real quick in John uh, 16 about the Holy Spirit. John 16, verse 7, he says this. Here's the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away, for if I don't go away, the divine encourager will not be released to you. But after I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will expose sin and prove that the world is wrong about God's righteousness and his judgments. Verse 12, there is much more that I would like to say to you, but it's more than you can grasp at this moment. When the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil reality of every truth within you. He won't speak his own message. He will only speak what he hears from the Father, and he will prophetically reveal to you what is to come. He will glorify me on the earth, and he will receive from what is mine and reveal it to you. Again, the divine encourager, verse 14, will receive from what is mine and reveal it to you. Why am I saying all this? I want to talk about this for just a moment here. Is that Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and revelation to walk in the kingdom of God. Holy Spirit is the one who's constantly speaking up about the edge of the two worlds that we're on. He's the one who's always ushering in the kingdom of God, and he's present. Here's, the, here's something that is immeasurably important about Holy Spirit, is that he's always speaking. The nature of, of the Holy Spirit in the book of John is he is a speaker, is that he is only, he's only speaking what he hears the Father saying, what he hears Jesus saying, that the Holy Spirit is speaking. It's just really interesting in this passage. It doesn't say the Holy Spirit will come and he's going he's gonna to heal and, and move and, and revival fire and power, which of course he does. The introduction to who he is is that he speaks. The introduction to who he is is that he speaks. You know, I've found that sometimes we have to quiet ourselves in order to hear him speak. Can I get an amen? That the Holy Spirit is constantly revealing to us things. So I, it looks like this. Jesus perfectly reveals the Father, and the Holy Spirit perfectly reveals Jesus to believers. And then as believers, we reveal Jesus to the world. That Jesus perfectly reveals the Father, and the Holy Spirit is perfectly revealing Jesus to you so that you can reveal Jesus to the world. You know, there's this pastor down in Jacksonville, Florida. He is just like a mega church situation 12,000 members, 21 campuses. Yeah, it's just it's so many. I was saying that just to grab your brain around that. That's like, I don't even know what that is. I mean, that's like a university. But 12,000 people in, in 21 campuses. And he had this crazy encounter with the Lord in, uh, uh, in uh, 2018. And in 2019, the Lord spoke to him again about it. And this is what he said to him. This is uh, Pastor Stovall. He said that uh, Jesus showed him that, that the bride, it's time for the bride to rise up again. And Jesus showed him that he's ready, that, that Jesus is calling the bride and that he's coming. And he spoke to him about kingdom authority is not what you have. You have corporate authority. You have corporate authority with all of your, your church size and all of your campuses. Kingdom authority is released in the secret place. Kingdom authority is what happens when we're obedient in the secret place. 
when we're partnering with Holy Spirit in the secret place. And it began to change his whole ministry. It began to change everything the way they did church. They began to find that in 2019, they actually, the Lord told them to plan to do church differently. How many of you know where you got to do church differently right now? They were ahead of the game because they listened to the Lord. That they had a huge plan to roll out doing church differently in 2021, but because he partnered with Holy Spirit, he actually had their plan in place. How many of you found that Holy Spirit is way better at your job in life than you are? He just knows exactly how to position us, how to, how to, how to get you into your places. He can give you strategies. He is always speaking. That the moment that we, we begin to dismiss the value of his voice is when we begin to be a victim of this world. That he is always speaking. Are you guys good? Now, I want to close, we'll wrap up here with this, with this idea, is that in uh, Revelation 22, verse 17, this is the culmination of all of the kingdom of God, of the Bible, of, this is the culmination of John receiving revelation about Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation and the things that were to come. And a lot of it is very image-driven, and, and, and there's a lot of things that require interpretation. But here is, here's where we're at now. This is the very end, and all of a sudden, John begins to speak plainly. Verse 22, 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take water without desires to take the water of life without price. All right, guys, this is where we're driving to today. Listen, Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit is speaking. And when the bride starts listening, it's going to start sounding like what the Spirit is saying. This is the culmination. This verse is right now we're not there yet because the bride isn't crying out, come. But when we're listening to the Spirit, we actually become, does this make sense, aligned with him. And what he is saying, we start saying. And at the very end, when Jesus comes, it actually is a picture of the bride and the Spirit on the same page. And the bride and the Spirit say, come. That finally the bride has gotten the revelation that it's all about Jesus. That the bride says come with the Spirit of God. Now some of us in the room, I feel like the Lord just wants to encourage some people in the room right now. And if you're listening online, I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you that it's time to take up that prophetic calling on your life again. That it's time to not sit idly and let somebody else get the breakthrough. But it's time for you to actually take up that prophetic calling. And so if that's you, if you feel like, man, there's been a prophetic calling on my life and even like a call of a prophet on my life, and it's time to step back into that, I want you guys to stand up right now. Just wherever you're at in the room. If you're like, I need that right now. I just feel like there's a grace in the room for God to breathe life into those places and spaces. But more importantly... Do you, or do you guys get it? It's about, it's about Holy Spirit. It's about the Holy Spirit that changes everything. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter maybe how you feel like you've blown it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is right now you just reconnecting with Holy Spirit.
So right now, there's a bunch of people standing. Why don't you guys just open up your hands right now? And I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you right now to just re-engage with the promise that he has for you. And there is a wind that blows. The, The Spirit is likened to a wind in John. Jesus breathes on the disciples and says, receive Holy Spirit. So right now, Father, I thank you, Lord, for just stirring up, God, right now, just a fresh day of your presence, a fresh moment, Lord, of hearing your voice afresh. Lord, and I thank you right now for just releasing a divine alignment in Jesus' name, where there has been disconnection, where there has been fractures of connection with you, Lord, that there's a divine alignment happening right now with your voice and with your presence. Lord, I thank you right now for just increasing the awareness of your presence today, Jesus. Increasing the awareness of your love for them, God. Increasing the awareness of your voice that is speaking right now, God. Lord, I thank you for just stirring up over them. I just see this like whirlwind over you right now. And the Lord just sucking out some stuff that got in there and just really getting that, getting that gift and call stirred up afresh today right now. So Lord, I thank you. Yeah, I just thank you, Jesus. I thank you for these ones that have ears to hear, a mouth that speaks, and eyes to see in the Spirit, God. And I see some of you are writers. Some of that prophetic gifting has to do with writing. How many of you have a writing call in your life where you know it looks like something, like writing in some capacity? It's like, yeah, it's most of you guys standing. Lord, I thank you right now. It's time to pick up the pens again. I heard the Lord say that some of you are going to start writing, but some of you are actually going to write, be writing songs. And some of you are going to be producing songs. Like, like you're going to get downloads uh, of, of, of things that God wants you to produce in, in, in music. And it's time for you to get that pen out again. It's time for you to record and journal. It's time for you to be different because God made you different. And I just release that over all of you standing right now. That that prophetic call, that that prophet call, that ushering in of God's presence in in the world is going to look different. And so we just, we bless you as a group, a company of people who are surrounding you right now. And we say, let every ounce of anointing that God has put aside for you come into your life afresh now. Let every ounce of anointing, let every marking moment of heaven just come and invade your world right now. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just heard the Lord say that there are some of you that it's going to sound like a voice in a desert like John, that you're not supposed to look at your surroundings for your encouragement. You're going to learn to be strengthened in the Lord. And do not give up on the moments that feel like you're a voice in a desert. But instead, continue to proclaim. Continue to listen. Continue to partner with him. And it says in Isaiah 35, I think it says, in Isaiah 35, it says, in that day, the desert lands become drenched with, with rivers. That some of you are actually called to speak to dry bones. But you're not going to get your encouragement from the world you're going to get your encouragement from the encourager. You're going to get your encouragement from the divine encourager. Thank you, Jesus. You know, too many people are looking for the world to reveal God, and God's calling you to reveal God to the world. Thank you, Jesus. And the last thing I want to say is I saw a picture 
of people using their words, and it was like a roar from heaven. It was like it was like a roar that cut through that, that, that cut through that, that broke heavy yokes of oppression. It wasn't something to be heard. It was a roar that reverberated into people's bones. It had nothing to do with volume. It had to do with what God was releasing, a sharp sword through you. And so I just bless everyone who's standing right now that you are going to have the anointing, the words for the moment, that you're going to have the sword of the Spirit for the moment, and actually the, the kingdom of God resides just outside of your comfort zone. And it's going to take courage to step into it, but as you do, you're going to be given words to say. The Holy Spirit says, in those days, you won't have to worry about what to say, but I will speak through you. So Lord, I just thank you for just raising up a fresh company, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for just raising up a fresh company, Jesus, of those that would just partner with you, Lord, of those, God, that are going to be able to be teachable, pliable to your presence, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I just want to invite this. If, if you're here today and you want to give your life to the Lord, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to give your life to Jesus. Some of you, you may have been invited here by somebody. If you're listening online, there's going to be a number you can text Jesus to, and we would love to connect with you. But some of you here right now, if you're here in the room and you're saying, like, listen, I have done that life without Jesus. When we read through that, that sounds like my history in my life, and I want to be done with that. I want to start living a life that Jesus actually promises to come into my heart, to come and make me new, to come and, 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 and cut off yesterday. If that's you, I want to give you a moment here. I'm going to ask you to stand up. So if that's you, just go ahead and pop to your feet. If you say, today is the day that I want to say yes to Jesus, I don't want to go another moment longer without saying yes to him on my life. That, that, that if you're here and you're hearing my voice, if you're hearing his word, if you're, if you're feeling a prompting in your spirit right now, that's just Jesus just knocking on the door of your heart. And I want to encourage you just right now, wherever you're at, just go ahead and stand. All of us at one time have had to accept Jesus as a follower of Jesus. I remember I got saved at a parking lot in Philadelphia airport. I got saved in a parking lot because God was calling me and I couldn't resist him anymore. And I was so broken, but I knew that something inside of me needed Jesus. I knew that there was life on what I heard about Jesus. I knew that his presence was real, and I was scared to say yes. But the moment I did, everything began to change. If that's you right now, you've been scared to say yes, and maybe you've been disconnected. Maybe you've been living the wrong life, and everyone around you thinks you're living it right. But you know it's time to, to, to get right with God. Why don't you just stand up right now? I'm just going to wait another moment longer if there's anyone in the room who would say, today is the day. I'm not going to leave this place without saying yes to the Lord. Just go ahead and stand. And if you're listening online right now, I want you to just go ahead and stand wherever you're listening from. And I want you to just begin to, to, to embrace his love for you. I want you to begin to embrace that he has paid for all of your sins, all of your sicknesses. That not a day goes by that he doesn't think about you. It says in the Bible that, that the thoughts about God out for you outnumber the grains of sand on a beach. Is there anyone who wants to stand today and say, yeah, today is the day. I just want to say yes to Jesus. I don't want to leave here without him. All right, well, if there's anyone who does, please come up and let our teams pray for you. And if you're listening online, go ahead and text that number, or we're going to be reaching out to you, and uh, we would love to get a chance to connect with you. So we're doing ministry teams today, uh, right? Yeah, so if I could have ministry teams come forward, 
You guys can come forward right now. If you guys, if, how many of you just, come on, Jesus, you heard that testimony of Jeff about being on a respirator, about having asthma and getting healed. How many of you need physical healing in your body today? Just raise your hand. You need physical healing in your body. Okay, well, hey, come forward. Our kings are